This is Advanced Autonomy, I'm Luke Renner. Since we launched the podcast a few weeks ago, we've been really focused on the technical and philosophical aspects of the autonomous vehicle sector. Today, I wanted to do something a little bit different and talk about what it's actually like to work at a startup working on these autonomous vehicle problems. My guest today is Emily McNamara. She's the Director of Operations and Finance and People for Sinjin. And today we're going to discuss her journey, dive into the Sinjin organization more broadly, and give you an insider's look into how Sinjin finds and recruits top talent. If you're thinking about a career in the autonomous vehicle sector or Silicon Valley more broadly, this conversation is for you. Hi, Emily. Welcome to the show. Hi, Luke. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I want to get a sense of what you do here at Sinjin because you have a lot of responsibilities and a lot of words in your job title. So maybe I should even just ask you, what don't you do? Oh, that's a good question. What don't I do here? <laughs> I don't code, so okay. <laughs> you could say that. Um, but I do feel that I'm very in touch with all aspects of, of Sinjin. Um, yeah. I, I uh, definitely, uh, from the small things to kind of the larger items I, I handle, I manage, I oversee. Um, I certainly couldn't do what I do without the support that I have mm -hmm. and I've had in the past. Um, I've got a great team on the operations side, but also I think the team that I'm working with, uh, you know, they're, they're a great group and they make it easy for me to uh, do my job because I'm the type of person that uh, likes to touch many different areas, likes to dive into different areas due to the fact that, you know, they're not just challenging in the sense that there's a lot to do, but also the what that I have to do mm -hmm. and, and, and the ability to task switch, I think is one of my strengths. So yeah. um, I believe that uh, because I've had the support that I've had, not only from our CEO and our management staff, but also the people on the ground, um, it's made made it so that I can accomplish many, many things. One of the things, and it's one of the things that I love about working at a startup, right, is this opportunity to wear a lot of different hats, do a ton of different things. Um, I was wondering if maybe for someone who's never worked at a, at a startup, for someone who has been in the corporate world for most of their career, uh, I know that you've switched back and forth. What are some things that you've been surprised about working in a startup that maybe you didn't expect or maybe you could preview for someone thinking about jumping over. Um, I would say that, you know, what I thought was fast pace is not really that fast. And, you know, it wasn't as fast as I thought it was until I joined this company, you know, especially with my roles, but I really, there is always going to be a sense of urgency in the things mm -hmm. that I do. Um, and, and I actually thrive in that environment anyway. So it really spoke to my skill sets, but also how I work. And, you know, it was not something that I really expected in this manner. I mean, it's ever changing, you know, and, and being someone that is very comfortable with the uncomfortable, I think that uh, this really uh, helped me to thrive, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, and be successful. What do you think is the reason that people bounce out of startups and go back to corporate life? Um, I think that part of it is, is that people walk into this with certain expectations that they have. I think in, in any part of life, you set expectations, you could set yourself up for disappointment. And I think mm -hmm. that the people that are more open and more open to change, those are the people that end up staying. Or they, mm -hmm. they already have in their mind, okay, I, I am I am trying to achieve XYZ. I, I'm here to learn. I'm here to 
you know, get that sense of what it's like to work at a, a true startup, you know, a true startup with the kind of clout and credibility that we have, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and they're here for a reason, a purpose, and it could be, you know, their own personal purpose to further themselves professionally, or maybe it's something more personal, but every startup would be very different. So, you know, yeah, um, absolutely. That's what, that's one thing I really like about startups is because these companies are so small, they really do have their own personalities. They have their own culture. They have, they have uh, just their own individual way of doing business. And that really allows you to find a great fit. Um, and exactly to your point, sometimes there's not a great fit. So yeah. That's, yeah, and, and you don't know unless nice. you try, you know, you, you really yeah. don't know unless you try. And I, I'd like to point out one more thing that I think is very important um, to understand is that, uh, you know, being at a startup where, you know, you don't have RSUs, you could go and, and cash out and, you know, have a whole lot uh, of money, a pile of money to sit on. But if you come into this with knowing that, you know, you could build this into that kind of company, um, if you're driven by money. I think that that, you know, we're still very competitive um, when it comes to pay, but um, the Valley, as you know, I think that uh, there's always someone with like a deeper pockets, you know, waiting Mm -hmm. by the corner. And if you're the type that's going to jump from one place to another, you know, hey, all more power to you. I wish you well, you know, and and that's what you're wanting to do. But I think for our company, if you're wanting to do something that's kind of bigger than yourself and you want to accomplish something, you want to see things through to the end, you truly want to grow um, with a network of people and really foster that growth, um, then this is the right place for you. When you're talking to candidates, how do you determine whether someone's a good fit for Sinjin? What kind of questions do you ask them? Um, I think that when I talk to a candidate, one of the questions I ask is, what are your aspirations? What is your end game? Like, what is it you're trying to achieve? Are you fresh out of college and you're just starting your career? It gives me a better sense of what it is that you're wanting and how we could fit. And mm-hmm. even the seasoned professionals, when they come on board, I provide a different perspective for them too. They see kind of a broader uh, picture and sense of uh, what this could lead to. Um, but uh, then, you know, with that response from them, you know, I, I really do try to to speak to more specifically, you know, hey, we could, we're that right team. We we do have a need for you, you know, and we could definitely use your knowledge and your 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 experience. Um, I think that uh, it's it's all a matter of um, trying to align someone's perspective and expectations growing into uh, a company like ours. Yeah, understood. You go through hundreds of resumes a day. You're talking to tons of candidates all the time. And I imagine that um, sometimes you're getting applications or you're looking at resumes and you're like, are they for real? Is this a joke? <laughs> so I, I want to give you a chance to set the record straight. What are some things that you wish everyone knew who is applying for a job that like you feel like should be super obvious by now, but but maybe everyone just needs a check-in? Yeah, I think some of them are pretty standard, like don't send a novel you know, as, as your resume, um, if, if it's something that's going to take us a half an hour to go through to understand, you know, your background and, and what, you know, it's definitely a deterrent. And then, you know, although we'd like to say, you know, shoot for the stars, um, it needs to align with the technology and, and, what, and what we're doing. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we even had someone that was like a former music teacher that wanted to, you know, go into right. <laughs> autonomous vehicles and, and yeah. being an engineer. You so know, be be concise yes. and be qualified. It sounds yeah. like be be concise, yeah. be qualified, um, and and be responsive. 
you know, if we do reach out, like respond back in a timely yeah. manner, reach back out two months later. Hey, you know, but I'm not saying you can't. I mean, if you're very qualified and you have a plethora of offers and, and you're taking your time, there's no fault to that. But yeah, um, I do believe that, you know, uh, if you, if you apply, you should go with that momentum and, and try to, you know, follow up. What have you learned about recruiting as you've been doing it that makes you more effective now than maybe you were when you started? These are human beings and these are people, not just paper. I get a lot more responses from those that I I put a personal touch. I don't just necessarily use generic templates. I do try to tweak them in a way where, you know, I, I do know that that's a person on the other side. Yeah. And know? I think that's one of the reasons why people respond to startups, you know. Yeah. And it's certainly why I responded to this opportunity when I started too. It's... Yeah, you're not going to be folded into layers. You know, you're mm-hmm. you're a person. You're going to have that kind of personal attention. You know, the team is is more intimate um, because you're going to have that touch. You know, and mm-hmm. and you really have to uh, to remember that these are these are people that you're dealing yeah. with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I joined after the pandemic started, uh, but one of the things I know is that before the pandemic, Sinjin was not a remote company and most people, almost nobody worked remote. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about how you guys have managed the change, how switching to remote for the pandemic has changed the company and, and how things are going now. I think similar to other companies that have had to make changes that were, you know, that we really didn't want to make um, at that time because we were a smaller company and, and often we have to collaborate and and, and be face-to-face in, in mm-hmm. terms of uh, getting things done more efficiently and, and faster. But there's a lot of research and development happening, right? Like yeah, you absolutely. need to be working on the cars. Yeah, yeah, so we did have a hardware team that really needed to be here and, and very hands-on and on the ground and testing, yeah, obviously with R&D that, uh, that needed to happen and, and it really really hurt us, I think, during COVID to not be able to do that. But it it forced us to take a hard look at, um, you know, where before we were not uh, a fan of working remotely, that there are some people in certain functions that they're they're efficient in being able to work from home. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it really also showed us that there's great value in working together in person and being at meetings together in person. You know, it, it, it helped us to appreciate that aspect of, of working together. Um, so we are looking forward to kind of getting back into some level of normalcy, um, but with the renewed um, perspective um, and new and renewed um, appreciation for our colleagues and being able to work, you know, uh, together physically in person. Mm-hmm. Um, but also that sense of like excitement you know, for what we're doing, you know, it, it, it took a hit, you know, for, for the period that you're home by yourself and, 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 and being in the HR function, I've noticed that, you know, I've talked to individuals where their morale is, you know, taking a hit They're, you know, they're at their home and they're trying to adhere to COVID restrictions and it's been difficult for them. Um, Mm -hmm. especially with those that have family overseas, you know, and, and that they're not able to, I mean, my family's on the East coast, but still it was hard for me. I couldn't imagine if all of your family is out of the country and you're being told you can't even enter the country, or if you do, Mm -hmm. then you can't leave, you know, and just worrying for them and, and, and how the pandemic is hitting them over there, you know, it really hits you hard, you know, when you're trying to focus on work. You know, I think everyone's going to remember 2020 as, 
a super strange year at best. Yeah. Um, it's 2021 now. What are you most looking forward to for Sinjin for the rest of the year? Well, uh, the rest of the year, I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, getting back to the office and getting back to where we could have meetings together in the same room and be able to look someone in the eyes and, and not through a screen, um, you know, and, and just that uh, the feeling of, of, of human interaction. I think I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Being together in the same room is mm -hmm. just a, a really important thing. Yeah, that sounds great. Well, thank you so much. Uh, we had to reschedule this multiple times because you're so slammed. So I really appreciate the time and uh, have a great night. Okay. Okay. Same to you. Thanks, Luke. Bye. The Advanced Autonomy Podcast is hosted and produced by Luke Renner and is brought to you by Sinjin. Sinjin's versatile autonomous transportation technology brings advanced self-driving capabilities and enhanced data insights to the vehicles you already own. Learn more by visiting cyngn.com.